Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we've got a really good podcast for you. We've got a special guest, Jess, who is a fellow Czechie, and he specializes in pain and pain management and all things to do with pain. So we're going to have a good deep dive in there with Jess, because I know pain is something, we say pain is a teacher, but it's also a pain. <laughs> yeah, it literally is a pain, but it's it's not quite as simple as that, is it? Because we can have acute pain, like cutting your finger or we can have chronic pain like musculoskeletal injuries and deep work but then we can also have kind of emotional pain things like grief and it can plague our whole lives and which we're going to talk about in the podcast society has a very short-sighted view on cure and pain things like painkillers and doctors don't really have a lot of time for it and I, I think we haven't been taught to do the hard work and to, to cure long-term pain so People like Jess are vital and hopefully it can shed some light on getting people out of deep chronic pain. Yeah, so without further ado, let's dig in. So today we are joined by Jess Farmer, who is a health and performance manual therapist specializing in pain rehabilitation, corrective clinical massage and high performance exercise coaching. Your company is called Phoenix Coaching. So welcome Jess to our podcast. Thank you very much uh, for welcoming me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. So it's awesome to see you. Now, um, we should perhaps just go over a little bit about how we met because there's a story there, isn't there, there Jess? Like there is always a story with how I meet because me and Dan met under strange circumstances too. So um, Jess and I met on the Czech course <laughs> HLC two was it two yes because I met Dan on HLC one and this is Jess on HLC two and we had a bizarre experience in that um well it went down as in the annals of the Czech Institute as an exorcism (laughs) it it wasn't an exorcism was it it was uh, Warren performing some healing on one of our um, colleagues it was very very deep yeah just just to witness it and see like I mean I think it was just incredible because anyone who was doubting the existence of energy and frequency and that, you know, these things are real, that totally went out of the picture because, yeah, I don't think anyone who saw what we saw is beyond, uh, has any doubt anymore about, you know, that kind of thing. And it was incredible. And ju- just to see and feel what was happening in the room, like when it finished, you could feel like this palpable electricity that the entire building was buzzing and just to see uh, see our friend, I won't mention any names, to see him when he came back in just looked like a different guy. Like his posture had changed, his, just there was something about him, remember? It was just like, yeah. whoa, what have we just seen and witnessed? This is so crazy. We were, all, we were all like crying. <laughs> Everyone was just gobsmacked. And then, then Warren walks in like just like a normal like right let's go on to teeth and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just just another day in the office like and we were just all like what and then the guy who who had had the healing came in and he was just like so recharged it was just amazing really wasn't it the rest of us were just like 
shell shocked and everyone them two were just like hey let's crack on <laughs> so yeah that was good so jess you specialize in pain rehabilitation so that's what we want to kind of dig in today with you a little bit more for our listeners because it will be something that resonates with a lot of people i know that i get a lot of people with pain so what would you think that pain actually is Mm, so this is a vast question just in and of itself (laughs) i would say that pain is very much a a teacher and a friend Mm. may not always seem like that and it may sound a bit weird to say that so i'll kind of go into why i feel that so pain is always associated with some sort of challenge that we face and most of the time, and some would argue, if not all of the time, the challenges that we face are on some level, some sort of creation of ourselves. So say, for example, if I have really bad bloating and indigestion, then this is most going to probably be down to something that I've eaten. The pain comes as a teacher to, to show us maybe where we're not putting our choices into the right place, or it comes to teach us a lesson about something so also pain we can talk about any kind of pain we're not just limiting to physical pain and we're talking about mental pain emotional pain which are inexplicably linked together because one feeds into the other one and also there are other way other kinds of uh, ways of uh, experiencing pain in terms of uh, spiritually as well so you know, if we're looking at um, a conflict with God or something that really, you know, rattles that this kind of belief system. So pain, if we talk in terms of the physical, can also be classed as an emotion, which is when things get like really, really funky because pain isn't just, you know, oh, I've, I've, I've burnt my hand on the, on the fire. It's not always so clear cut as this because we feel pain in a similar way to an emotion. So It's a response to something happening within the nervous system that is then giving us feedback. And based on that feedback, we then react and feel in a certain way. And it's not to say that pain is in the mind, but at the same time, it kind of is. Is this strange Mm. kind of dichotomy, you know? An example of that is that um, you may have cut yourself accidentally on something doing the gardening or something like that. The listeners may have had this experience where you don't actually feel the pain of that cut until you see it. Mm. you see it and then you start feeling the pain so it's just like okay something you know this isn't like always a logical thing mm. um and sometimes it can be as simple as you know i i accidentally put put my hand on the on the stove oh jesus so yeah. in in that res- in that regard pain also protects us as well this is why i call it a friend because you know if we were to keep our hand on the stove then that's gonna cause impact like really negative impact in the body we're going to get burnt and that's not going to be very positive in a similar way a lot of people when they're in pain when we talk about musculoskeletal pain talking about say a bad back i always say to my clients that actually this pain is in a way helping you because the body is getting the signal from the pain the body is compensating to move away from the pain so you actually experience less pain now if that pain wasn't there to get you to compensate, the chances are is that you would probably be in a lot more pain because the pain is like the the, the flashing red light to give us a signal that something's wrong. Mm. Something's happening. Some, we need to address something. So in this way, 
you know, I, I don't think pain is there to be ignored or um, tried to, to be dampened and pushed aside. Pain is there to l- be listened to. Mm. What is this pain trying to teach me about how I'm living my life or what kind of foods I'm eating or how I'm, e- how I'm moving? Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's lots, lots to it. So. Lots to it. I just want to tell you a little story about when, about, you know, when you are talking about when you see it, then, then it starts to hurt. Cause, um, my uncle used to work in a butcher's and he, um, you know, the slicing machines, the meat slicing machines, he sliced his two fingers off and he didn't know until the lady who's waiting for a ham <laughs> fainted. No <laughs> way. Was, yeah. <laughs> And then he fainted when he saw it. Oh. But like, because it was such a clean cut, he didn't know that it was that he'd done it. Isn't that weird though, isn't it? Because he always used to tell that story. And it was like I thought you were gonna say he gave the woman four sausages, but two of the sausages were his fingers, really. So that would have been <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I was thinking that they'd end up in a pork pie or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So yeah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Because that does happen a lot. So um, pain is a teacher, as Paul Check always says, right? So um, how does chronic pain? So people that that's like a, a quick pain, isn't it? An acute. Put your hand on the the mm. stove and you pick it off. That whole reflexive arc thing. But what about chronic pain, where people are just suffering, and you know, there's no reason for it to be there. Sometimes, is there? Yeah, well, it's um, for every single case, it's totally different, of mm. uh, different, and and in in a similar regard, it, it can still be there to 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 teach you something, and in other uh, other cases, yeah, some people do have some really really difficult times um, with let's say like chronic pain from pain from a condition from birth, and then it can still be something to teach uh, to be able to teach you because. When you are in this place, uh, often hear about, you know, people who are wheelchair bound and off the back of this, they're able to do like very inspiring things and go through this like really deep journey of self uh, self discovery and and come through the back of it. And you see so many uh, stories with in terms of like Paralympians really coming from a place where a lot of bad things have happened that have caused them to be in this pain and and through this pain it's been like a locomotive for them to really achieve and conquer a lot of things um it's not not to say this is this is the case for everyone you know with persistent chronic pain it is uh really tricky and you know it's, it's it's a case of like okay how do we manage this pain how do we learn how to live with this and still be able to live a full uh, of the fullest life that we possibly can so it's um it can be tricky but also there are always things that can be done you know a, a lot of people in the the place of chronic pain it can be uh it can be easy to fall into a place of uh, of, of hopelessness and despair w- with it and believe that you can't do anything for it which is, which often isn't the case I remember my very good friend, uh, he's actually not, he's an occupational therapist these days, and he had a really serious head injury probably about eight or nine years ago. And after this head injury, he had, uh, he developed persistent chronic pain, mystery chronic pain, went to all sorts of different specialists, different practitioners. No one really knew what was happening with it, and you couldn't get any answers uh, anywhere that uh, anywhere that you went. And this actually triggered off a really deep journey of self-discovery 
and self-teaching. He educated himself on every facet to do with chronic pain. And he tried so many things and, you know, each little thing he tried was able to deal with it in some small way. You know, he got like a percentage here and then he would try another approach and get in a percentage there. And it really empowered him to take control of and responsibility for his health. And now he still has bouts of pain, but it's managed. You know, it, it doesn't affect him nearly as much as, as it used to. And he's in a good place with it. And, and because he, he's an occupational therapist, it, it's also given him this really firsthand, in-depth experience of what it is like to be in chronic pain so that he directly translates this knowledge and, and, and experience to his, the work that he does with his patients. So I'm a eternal optimist that, you know, with, with any challenge, there's always something good that can come out of it. And with some challenges, it can be really difficult sometimes to see that good that can come out of it when, especially when you're in it, but you know, you never know what this chronic persistent pain may yield in next year, three years, five years time. You know, so many times you hear of stories of people whereby their challenges actually turn into their greatest gifts because without the challenges and the struggle they're not able to have the resistance to overcome to grow and develop and then go on to help others me and jill often bring up a lot of quotes on the podcast we tend to share an affinity for really good quotes and i don't know which episode it was jill but it was recently when one of us said your greatest gift is often packaged as your worst nightmare and that's often with pain so for your, for your friend, for instance, getting a traumatic head injury, it's very serious and probably caused a lot of pain, but it was probably the trigger for him to kind of realize his life's purpose and then go towards helping other people. Nearly all of the time it comes packaged as almost your worst nightmare, but it turns out to be your greatest gift and that, that pain is the trigger. It's fascinating how life works like that, but it always seems to work from those polarities, doesn't it? Yeah, it is crazy when when you start looking at some of the twists and turns of life that we all go through and five minutes too late there or five minutes too early there, we would have never met this person or we would have never had this event that has totally shaped and forked our lives in, in, the, in a certain way it, it, has, it has gone. And, you know, if, if you do look back uh, in your life and start thinking in that way, it starts to get quite like whoa what what the hell is going on here because yeah like there are so many opportunities and so many uh, circumstances where it could have gone the other way had it gone the other way would i be sat here talking to you guys and in a similar way would you guys be sat here talking to each other creating a podcast and you know there's like some alternative reality whereby i, I never left my engineering career and you know and i i always think of that and i always feel so lucky and fortunate and grateful to that you know things have gone in in a certain way so that we can have this conversation and 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 yeah and it is often those pivotal times those those times whereby you go into this really really difficult place difficult situation which looks different for everyone that these pivotal times that really really trigger uh, some some cool things to happen but when you're in it is rarely is, is difficult to think this way and and you know if if you can actually uh, I, f I find if, if you can start to think of challenges in that way it could be really helpful I know how much it's helped myself and 
know, one of the things that we discuss quite early with, with my clients is their relationship to their pain and, and okay, it sucks. You're in this and rather not be in this, but is there any benefit from this pain? Has it given you anything at all? Is, is there anything that, uh, that, that you may have learned from it or, or anything may have happened as, as a result of having this pain. And sometimes uh, it's difficult to see. Sometimes it's uh, a lot easier to see. Like I've, I've got, um, I've got another client. He um, had a lot of gut troubles and, you know, it, it, it triggered off this again, similar to my friend who had the head injury, it triggered off this really, really expansive exploration of gut health and everything that goes along with it. And, uh, and, and the guy is so knowledgeable on it. And he, again, took responsibility, took his health into his own hands and, uh, and really has made uh, improvements to a point at which, yeah, it's, it's like 98% of the way there now. So yeah, it's the, the funny twists and turns. Yes, indeed. I've read a really good book called The Body Keeps the Score. Have you read that one by Vessel von der Volk or someone, isn't it? But he's the guy who um, invented post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, he didn't invent it, he invented the term for it. But that's all about how your body, if you don't deal with trauma properly, it holds on to pain somewhere down the line. Would you say that that's a thing that you find sometimes with people? Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, um, it, it's always essential to look at if there are any past traumas that are potentially contributing to someone's pain. Because, you know, we, we have a trauma at age 10 and then this kind of often the mind then suppresses the trauma to get through. And it will put that away into a little box and, and and bury it. Not all the times, but but a lot of the times it will it will kind of bury this. There's a very strong correlation, and there's a lot of hard evidence showing how uh, emotions and trauma are stored in various different areas of the body, and then affect these different areas of the body. We've got this connection between mind and body. And they are one and the same thing so the whatever is uh, being expressed within the psyche or not being expressed in the psyche is being expressed through the body because it, it has to go somewhere and you know there's really really strong correlation between um, past trauma and let's say like posture so um, ex- example of myself actually first thing that comes to mind is that um, back in uh, back in school I, I was uh, attacked by a school bully and from behind and basically kind of put me on the floor and started stepping on my head like really nice guy yeah. and um, years later I went to a, a practitioner and uh, this is kind of before I got more knowledgeable but about the body uh, but I had this holding pattern of this as in my, my right shoulder was forward in the uh, protect myself kind of pattern. And it wasn't causing me a shoulder problem at that point because we we got it treated and and everything was fine. But if someone's got an extreme uh, modification of the posture due to some traumatic event that's happened, then this over time is going to cause problems in the joint. It's going to cause shearing, torsion, um, wear and tear, all sorts of things that can then later manifest as pain as well as you know the whole body's connected so one thing happening in one area is automatically going to affect the entire system so this is one example of straightforward example of how it can work there are also much deeper ways in which this this happens as well 
So the, the trauma gets locked inside of the body and sometimes within the tissues, uh, a lot of the time within the tissues, as a means of getting through that traumatic situation so that the mind doesn't need to deal with it so that we can survive and function. So then later down the line, you know, you can get some really, really interesting things happen on the, the massage table. You can get some really interesting things happen when you're doing um, like Qigong. Uh, you can get some really interesting things happen just through moving the body in certain ways because uh, take, take massage, for instance, um, sometimes when you're working with a person in a, in a certain way, it can trigger a release of emotions stored emotions within the tissues so uh, i remember not too long ago i had a guy we were doing some work on his mid, mid thoracic and he started he didn't really knew where nowhere it's coming from immediately but started crying and uh, eventually he's bawling his eyes out on the table as we we're working working this point and he he, he later on realized what it was and uh, it kind of came up as a, a a past regret that he had of a certain decision that he made that didn't go very well and by working on on the area it uh released a lot of emotion as well as brought back the memory that he'd uh forgotten or or, or pushed down or what, what, whatever happened within that and through kind of bringing this to to the surface through the physical work he's then able to process it and uh, overcome it as well as if you do have a, an emotional release, then this uh, this can clear the the, the pent up energy or the kind of psychic charge. Because where where is this coming from? Is it is it the mind? Is it the body? Is it both? That's why a lot of the time when we me and Jill have discussions on health, and obviously the check system, it's all about getting to the root cause. Otherwise, these symptoms just build up and build up and build up. And even something as simple as really acute pain people who just take anti-inflammatories and painkillers it's just putting that piece of black tape over the engine warning light isn't it all the time yeah. do you do you tend to say that quite a lot yeah absolutely and it's often through no fault of uh fault of their own because you know the most common thing that happens when you go to say the the, the doctor with with back pain or, or or many different kinds of pain is is that you know, you, you're given the painkiller and said and told to, okay, just just see how it goes. Take these and 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 you'll be all right, kind of thing. Wherein it's masking the pain, and sometimes that can actually be potentially dangerous as well. You know, yeah. I I, um, I was speaking to a guy the other day who uh, really really acute back pain, and he took some painkillers for it, and this actually knocked him out for a whole day. And also it took the pain away, but he slept for about 24 hours after it, uh, which may, maybe might've been what the body needed. But at the same time, going back to what I was saying earlier about the pain is your friend and is alerting you to something that's happening within the body. What can potentially happen is that if you do take the painkillers, then you can sometimes numb out the pain so much that you can potentially cause more of an issue. At the same time, I think it's important not to get too much into into dogma in terms of shall I take painkillers shall I not take painkillers pain because I think uh, you know sometimes it's going to be quite a good idea to actually take the painkillers to 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 get through you know I'm not the biggest fan of them but for certain certain aspects certain things especially in the acute phases if you're really 
having a really bad time, then that might be the uh, a good place to take them. But I think past the acute phase, um, using painkillers isn't the best approach, especially when there are things that you can do uh, physiologically to actually dampen pain receptors, such as breathing. If you breathe in a specific certain way, then you will actually dampen the pain receptors. If you breathe in a different way, you will upregulate the pain receptors. So this is, if we're breathing diaphragmatically, breathing into the belly, this is shifts us into the parasympathetic side of the nervous system, which helps to reduce pain. If we're breathing into the chest, this uh, creates more of a stress response, which cumulatively will add to the pain. So this is one of the first things I, I do with, with my guys is get them breathing well and breathing correctly because uh, cumulatively this helps to reduce pain. I, I had a guy I was, saw, saw earlier this morning and we're two weeks into the program, reduction in pain. All we've really done with him is breathing, which he's been really, really great at, and water. And he started to get a reduction in, and a change in his sciatica. So I think, yes, painkillers have, have a place um but persistent use of painkillers in my opinion isn't the way forward it's not a good way to go because you're then relying on the painkillers as a crutch and you're not getting to the underlying causations of what is creating that pain in in the first place and you know worst case scenario you're going to possibly create more of an issue in the body possibly more damage as well as the physical dependency on the painkillers as well as the side effect that comes with it Every drug has a side effect. How do we know how this painkiller is affecting other areas of the body? So by, yeah, I think putting the black tape on the engine light, what other problems are you potentially creating by masking something that is asking and is knocking at the door for you to, to deal with it? You know, the pain is the cry from the body that, okay, something's happening, please help me. It's important to have a few character traits, which like curiosity and then to, curiosity to, to figure out what is actually going on and then having the discipline to kind of learn about it and then apply things like breathing techniques or um, stretching and strengthening or things like bioenergetics to, to get the body out of pain. But it takes discipline and it might take a long time. I think society is so used to the quick fix that's why painkillers are such a problem, such an issue. We're not willing to sit down and do the hard, deep work, but that's that's exactly what's needed in in not acute pain, but like you said, the chronic pain, which you might think it comes from nowhere, but it there's there's probably an event or there's something deep inside of you, and that's not easy. It takes deep work to to get there. So, like you were saying, things like breathing, bioenergetics. And things like psychedelics are becoming um, kind of more and more popular now. So mm. all these things should be explored, but they don't come without the the discipline to actually go ahead with them and really go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I concur, it is a societal issue in, in which we are in this quick fix. Give it to me now. I want to abuse my body and then fix it with this supplement kind of thing. And 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 it's, it's like I, I say to people... This issue that you're currently experiencing has most likely been years in the making. It's, it's, it's taken 10 years since, uh, since this event for this pain to, to occur and, and appear. Do you think that it's going to take a couple of weeks to get out of it? And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, no, actually, no, that's, that's fair enough. 
and yeah like you say it, it can be a long road it can also be a rewarding road but yeah to, to think that you can just get rid of something overnight or within a few weeks or, or, or with a pill or with a, a painkiller it, it, it is uh yeah endemic of the the modern society and like you say it, it does take work and but no one wants to hear that as well or, or or take that on board you know if you tell someone that it's probably going to be a year and then even after a year with your condition we'll need to see and see how things are at that point this is the news that is quite difficult to to hear and uh and and again because of i think the the way the society is set up um and in many ways the medical system is set up it gives people this belief that you can just get over things pretty quickly or you have the surgery here and all of your problems will be will be gone and that's not to say that you know some surgeries when it's administered in the right way for the right condition they can work really really well but this often isn't the case and i think it comes back to responsibility and this is what i find people are challenged in is, is taking responsibility for their health rather than giving their responsibility over to to someone else like a some authority figure such as a, um such as a doctor let's say in in, in this instance and you know the, the 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 amount of times i hear and the, this isn't you know ragging on doctors or anything there's some fantastic doctors out there who do some fantastic work uh, i do hear stories very frequently though of i went to the doctor he gave me these things it didn't work i went back to the doctor they said keep taking them and they weren't interested or, or i was talking to a physio the other day one of her clients went to the doctor with really bad persistent migraines and the doctor gave her uh, painkillers and just said to just i'll just take these and it'll be fine kind of thing the root causation of the the migraines was loads of tension in the upper traps so she was able to release the the traps within one session the the pain disappeared and then the woman went back to the went back to the doctor and the doctor couldn't believe that that was the case so it comes back to responsibility and and yeah it is often our challenges are a lot deeper rooted you know when we are talking about past past trauma as well you know the thing that happened to you when you were uh, a teenager may be instrumental or definitely contributing to the pain you're experiencing now as a 45 year old and yeah it does sometimes take this 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 deep work and sometimes just well a lot of the time just just getting the pill for it is not addressing what needs to be addressed and and like i said it looks different for everyone uh not everyone has this deep emotional traumas but many people do and this is the underpinning for many of the problems in the body so it's uh <laughs> could be a bit of a detective work to see what's happening and you know you might not even find the root cause of something with someone until you know 12 weeks down the line you're working with someone and you know you have the the trust of that person enough for them to share with you something that 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 did happen and 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 then then okay you've uncovered something that may be related and then, and then you can start working with that so i think I think people need to be ready to be able to take on that responsibility uh, of educating themselves and taking responsibility for their health because it, it it can sometimes take a lot. Also, sometimes you get lucky. And if the problem is quite straightforward, then within a few sessions, the pain's gone. 
fantastic. It's such a varied and huge, huge area, which I think one of the most interesting things about pain for, for me is that it's still not fully understood. Mm. You know, the the pain specialists and the, 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 the pain scientists are still doing so much research. There's so much that isn't understood and, and there's still much yet to discover, which for me is, is, is quite exciting with it. And, you know, when you, when you get into phantom limb pain and all this kind of things, which is, you know, the, the, the amputee who's no longer got a leg, still feeling pain in that leg, mm. even though it's not there. It's like, what, what, what is this? It's not a clear cut, this for that thing so yeah, it's dead interesting isn't it i've been reading um some of professor lorimer mosley's um work that he puts out because he's one of the leading pain professors and have you heard of dims and sims so it's, it's something that he's just um like kind of coined and dims means the dangers in me so whenever you've got pain these are the things that you believe like things that we can see touch taste things we do things we think and believe places we go that can trigger off a pain in our body so you've got to think what's my dims and then sims are the same but what's the safety in me so what what safe things are you able to do and he um his quote is you will have pain when your brain concludes that there is more credible evidence of danger in me than safety in me. So isn't that interesting? So figuring out what your dims are and what your sims are and then readdressing the balance is quite a cool way to think about it, I think. Yeah, that's that's really good model. Like, I, it, can, can you send me some literature <laughs> for that? That's, uh, I'll, I'll look into that. That's really good. Yeah. Cool. Dims and sims. So danger's in me, what's going to trigger the pain? And safety's in me, what can I get back? Can I go back to homeostasis? Because it's all like to do with central nervous system sensitivities and stuff like that. So how can you like get back to homeostasis? Because your central nervous system doesn't want to be on hypervigilant alert all the time, does it? It wants to come back. So things like breathing, like you said, hydration, um, you know, like meditation, all of that stuff can bring you back down into a... Um, a rest rest and digest phase i've also been while well i knew you were here but this is totally not like it's kind of related but I, I got really interested in reading about polyvagal nerve theory have you heard this one <laughs> this is totally a rabbit a little bit a, totally a rabbit hole this one this is dr stephen porges porges um about the vagus nerve and mapping the nervous system that you can do that so the three stages the fight or flight the freeze state and the rest and digest and you want to get down to the rest and digest. So what are those things that bring you joy? What bring you happiness? What makes you calm? Like even just petting a dog can make you feel calmer. So all of those things you want to, it's that dims and sims, isn't it? It's, it's bringing the balance back to it. Mm, absolutely. And balance being a key word because often pain is showing up because something is not quite in balance um whether that is you know within our health you know back to six foundation principles um you know hydration nutrition sleep movement thinking breathing if something isn't in balance within these areas then pain is likely to show up um, if there is uh, an imbalance within our relationships um some sort of pain is likely to show up you know if there's a imbalance within the business pain's going to show up with things not going well financially for instance so 
yeah, I think looking at what is out of balance and where we can gain more balance within our lives as well as within the body, but the, the two are inseparable um, because, you know, balance of the body is balance of our life and vice versa. Everything is affecting everything else. Yeah. So what do you think are your top tips then, Jess, for reducing pain? Or um, I know you've mentioned a few. <laughs> top tips for re- reducing pain. Uh, yeah, so... Um, see you. <laughs> yeah come and see me number one <laughs> and uh, if you're in the north go and see jill and dan yeah exactly <laughs> so i think first not panicking and really uh going into it with um it, it can be really interesting uh, not really interesting really easy to get into kind of this cast- catastrophizing place within our mind and you know we get on Google and start looking up everything it could possibly be. And, uh, and this, this then can put us into more of a stressed out state. So I think not panicking to start with and, and reasoning that there are always lots of options that you can take. And there are, are always lots of uh, great information out there. And there's lots of good people to be that you can work with. So, so looking at things uh, positively and appreciating that, okay, there is a lot I can do about this. So, and actually panicking too much and worrying about this may actually bring more pain on because, you know, when we are in a stressed out state, this then puts more load on the body, which then often then upregulates the pain. So this be the, the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is the power of the breath as as we mentioned earlier this can really really help it's the natural way and one of the most powerful ways of regulating your nervous system to actually shift you into more of a relaxed response so deep diaphragmatic breathing then uh, well you're looking at the foundation principles really i mean hydration massive you know back pain if you are dehydrated then the discs between the vertebrae shrink if the disc between the vertebrae shrink you have less movement and more like less movement for the nerves as well you're more likely to impinge a nerve let's say so as well as every system in the body is reliant on water so uh just by working on hydration i i've I've seen i've seen people's pain reduce like the guy i was mentioning earlier mentioning earlier looking at your nutrition is extremely important so um, are there any particular foods that might be causing inflammation in the body are you getting any symptoms from any of the food that you're eating any bloating gas constipation diarrhea this this kind of thing is your body giving you feedback this is also a form of pain to tell you that okay maybe these foods that i'm eating aren't aren't the best choice for me so again you'd be surprised working on nutrition alone can some can often not sometimes often massively impact the pain that we experience getting the right amount of sleep so that the body can repair itself so getting in in bed by like 10 p.m and and sleeping a good solid eight hours can be really instrumental and and you know all, all of these things that the straightforward stuff is is not you know, you don't have to move move the earth and uh, make lots of changes to actually start making really significant impact within dealing with your pain. Mm. Um, movement. Um, now, movement's a bit of a sticky wicket because I, I don't really like giving movement advice without 
kind of see anyone or, or if, if they haven't had, had an analysis because um, dependent on what is causing the pain is highly dependent on what movement is best going to be suited to helping you overcome the pain. However, I can give some generic recommendations and say that generally very gentle movement, focusing on the breath very, very slowly. So some of your listeners might be familiar with the zone exercises, which are kind of Tai Chi, Qigong based, very, very gentle. These can be really, really good options for, for people. So very gentle, very, very slow movement helps with the activation of the body. Um, Feldenkrais is great. Uh, Pilates is great, of course. Um, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, particularly, you know, it, it, and if, if you are going to engage in an exercise class such as uh, yoga, Pilates, or even something um, sort of more and more intense, such as in the gym, because mm, not always the best to exercise with pain, but depending on what's causing the pain, sometimes you can do a circuit class. It is it's totally dependent on, you know, where it's at, whether it's a fully herniated lumbar disc, okay, you need to be careful. Um, or whether it's just a persistent thing with the shoulder that kind of keeps coming back. I mean, always say it's really, really worth looking at it and getting it, you know, reconditioned correctly. But, you know, some people don't, um, aren't able to go down that path. So, okay, for this person, okay, maybe the circuit class with the consideration that, okay, I have this pain here, I need to be careful, I need to work around it. So if you are working with a practitioner or um, in a group class, then letting the, the the practitioner or the person leading the class that, okay, I have a problem with with my knee or my my shoulder. Most, uh, all, all the good practitioners ask anyway uh, about injuries. And movement in general, more often than not, is still really, really positive. Like if if my guys can move around and walk, then I encourage this massively because just the action of moving walking especially can have the effect of resetting the nervous system so actually movement is often a key 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 part of rehabilitating and getting you out of pain now uh off and often inactivity is makes things a lot worse so you know i've um got a guy at the moment who um he's he's in a bit he's in quite a bit of pain with sciatica uh but he, he can still get around still move and my advice to him was just like okay like sitting in bed for a couple of weeks in your case is not a good way to go because these muscles and everything supporting that they're just going to get weaker it's like use it or lose it so if a person is able to i encourage uh, movement um, as much as possible swimming can be a really good alternative because there's particularly for back pain there's no loading on the spine total decompression as well as um, the nervous system gets so much sensory feedback from the water that this can actually give some pain relief because the nervous system is busy sensing the water rather than rather than the pain so uh, like hot baths as well have a similar effect Yes, it's, it's totally dependent on what's happening. Is 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 the sh is is the short answer to it. But I hope, I hope that gives some uh, gives some people some ideas. Certainly does. And the foundation principles, of course. Me and Dan are always going on about the foundation principles, aren't we, Dan? Yeah. Even if you just do the basics right, at least you'll be able to bring the pain down to a manageable level. Then it means if you're waiting to see a practitioner for a few weeks or a few months, you're going to be in less stress just by working on the, the basics life will be more enjoyable until you go and get assessed and get to the root cause of the issue 
and it takes no extra effort or money or time just to make healthier choices. So hit those six foundation principles and it's, it's going to make everything better. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a complex issue pain because there's, there's so many nuances. Like you said, you can strike it lucky and really help someone in a couple of sessions or it could take a few years because when you get emotions involved, like grief and, and trauma and things like that, there's a lot of deep healing can, can take place. So, but I think the important thing to remember is that like the title of the podcast, pain is a teacher. It's teaching you something. And that's if we can remind ourselves of that all the time. It's not just an annoying pain that's happening for no reason. It's it's the body's signal saying there's something wrong and it, it needs to be fixed. So if we can just remember that, we can try and change our relationship with pain, I think. Cool. So thanks, Jess, for coming along. Do you have anything else to ask, Dan, or anything else to say, Jess? I'd just like to say a huge thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun coming on your podcast. So thank you cool. very much. Cool. And where can our listeners um, find out more about you? Yeah, sure. So I've got my website, uh, www.phoenixcoaching.co.uk. It's got a Facebook page and uh, Instagram as well. And I'm just in the process of putting together my own podcasts called uh, Phoenix Vision. So that's um, that's going to be coming out very, very soon. So I've uh, recorded the first few episodes. So, yeah, really excited to get that rocking and rolling. And um, with the podcast, I want to get the message of um, health and well-being and what thing and with, with the ethos of transformation behind it. So going to be doing similar things to what you guys are doing and interviewing lots of uh, lots of different varied interesting people and uh yeah from many different cool. fields to to get the message out so and i'm coming on it as well aren't I? yes i can't wait yeah we've uh, we we're, we're going to talk tomorrow morning aren't we yes indeed i'm looking forward to it well thank you jess it's been great so listeners i hope you've enjoyed listening to jess if, if anything um has you know if, if there's any comments or feedback or indeed if you just want more information about this then um do get in touch and let us know and um don't forget to pass the pod if you've enjoyed listening to this and don't forget you can find us on itunes spotify my website, organicpilates.co.uk and Amazon. You can ask, what's she called? Alexa to play our podcast and she'll do it. She's very obedient like that, isn't she, Dan? We've pretty much just taken over all the devices these days, so you, you can't yeah. escape us. So. Well, domination next. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks, Jess. Thank thanks, you, guys. Jess. Thank you.